Hello, and welcome to the Race to Speak Up podcast. I'm your host, Devin Moore. Today's guest is Brian Mhondo. Brian is a senior at Regis High School in New York City. In the wake of America's racial reckoning in the summer of 2020, Brian founded his school's Black Student Union. While engaging in racial dialogue within the club, Regis Black and Latino students, as well as alumni, attempted to raise awareness throughout the entire school community by detailing their racial experiences on an Instagram page titled Black at Regis. Brian initiated an interview project in hope of creating intergenerational dialogue between students and teachers. Brian also created a debate curriculum for, for young kids via the REACH program, a year-round enrichment program that helps students of color and lower-income families gain admission to private schools. Brian hopes to inspire fellow speech and debate kids from Regis to continue this service once he passes on the torch when he graduates. I actually met Brian at the Princeton Prize in Race Relations ceremony in Manhattan, and it was a fantastic evening. To be amongst outstanding honorees was so inspiring. And of course, Brian won the grand, the grand prize for it. So, and he will also be attending Princeton University. So thank you for joining us today, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah, so again, congratulations on being the grand prize winner for Princeton Prize in Race Relations. It is very much a big honor. Now, um, let's um, talk about you being the president of Regis High School's Black Student Union. You founded it. Why don't you tell us more about it? Yeah, um, so this was the end of sophomore year, you know, after you know, George Floyd incidents and all that. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of racial, there was a tough racial climate in, in my school. Um, I guess within the alumni side of things and, you know, personally with students. Um, first on a, a student side, you know, um, there were some students in my school who uh, didn't really handle the topic of race well. Um, by that, I mean, you know, they're really insensitive. Um, you know, some kids sent memes that, you know, they thought were funny, but, you know, in, 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 in their own sense, they were mildly racist. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't like how um, that, affected me and how, you know, they responded to my uh, pain because, you know, um, they didn't really regard, I guess, the George Floyd incident as something that serious. Um, and in terms of like the alumni side of things, um, there were a bunch of alumni who started to speak out about, you know, the racism they experienced at Regis. Um, and I felt empowered by, I guess, both side of things to, you know, start a Black student union um, where students could um, really start not only talking about race at Regis, but um, taking action and you know being part of the change that was happening at Regis at that time. Well, it's good that you're even able to start this conversation and start the Black Student Union. I understand how important it is to really bring up this topic of race and you know diversity in schools and just your own experience as a Black person. Um, so, how do you how do we even start this conversation of race? It's oh, a good question. Um, honestly. The way I, I like to start talking about race, especially in my school, um, is just talk about you know personal experiences. Um, that's how I, I started talking about race with my teachers initially. Uh, you just talk about how you know you grew up knowing race and how you define race, um, and I guess that's the best way to start because you're able to I guess see someone's perspective, and and that really helps you to I guess not only learn more about someone else's experiences with with race, but um, also just um, teach others what you think about race and racism. So I usually just start talking about race by talking, by you know asking people how they've experienced race in their lives. 
Yeah, it's good to have that open conversation, especially from someone who, or to someone who doesn't necessarily look like you, you know. I think our differences are very beautiful, but we need to understand them. And by having an open conversation, it really allows for us to, at least just, like I said, be open about it, you know, listen to each other and try to understand each other, try to come to a, you know, effective conclusion that, you know, we all are, we're all really unified. We're all humans. If you really look down deep, we're all humans. You know, that's, we just happen to look different. We just happen to be born in different areas or our family, our ancestry are from different areas of the world. But I mean, I see beauty within that. I see unity within that. So as far as, you know, George Floyd and all the other disgusting and horrid blatant acts of racism and murder that's happened, how, what, what's your response to that? How did that feel for you as a black person in this world? How did that feel for you when you saw these things? Yeah. Honestly, when I, you know, first, you know, I guess really saw everything that was happening in the world, I was, I was really like just desensitized to it. You know, I was, I was almost too used to it, which, you know, just made me feel really bad. Because when I started to realize how like serious everything was, I, I, I felt bad for, you know, not even like, I mean, just look at like what happened a couple of days ago in, in Buffalo. Um, even then I, 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 I am shocked now and I'm really saddened to, you know, about for like the, the 10 people that died, but I've just gotten so used to it. And, and that's just really hurts. Um, so I guess now, especially considering that there wasn't really an, any space or any space outside of like a few clubs to really talk about racial issues. Um, I, I felt like having a place, uh, a place designated to talk about, you know, black things or Latino things at Regis and outside of Regis was really important and you know, a key thing to have, so, yeah. This, that honestly kind of reminds me of something. I wanna ask you this. So have you ever had to find, have you ever found yourself almost kind of just explaining almost like all of black history to a white person or someone that's not of the black race? <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> more times than I would like to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, what's your experience with that? I, again, like, because I, I, I've, I've, I've gone to, I mean, I've, since I've gone to, I guess, a, a PWI for, you know, four years, I've, I've just gotten used to it. And I don't like that I've gotten used to that. Um, I just wish there was more, um, more time spent talking about, you know, not, not just even current events, just black lives in general um and this isn't just a problem like at regis this is like a problem like school-wide like, like in every single school um public private there's just not enough you know historical time spent on on black issues there's not enough time spent talking about the black experience and i feel like that's a big part that's missed and unfortunately it's put upon us black people to really talk about that and it's something that you just get used to. And I've just had to get used to it too. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, especially like at my old school, um, there was a lot of like, and I was way younger. So like, I almost was like, I kind of grew up in that pre like predominantly white school. So I was kind of just uh, naturally used to the racism, but I didn't know it was racist. Well, it was really like microaggression, which is still form of racism but I didn't know that it was that until like I'm in the now, I'm in the modern day, I'm 18. Like I kind of, I wait, I learn a lot more from people and I understand a lot more. So I'm like 
have you ever had to, have you ever found yourself almost having a harder time really embracing being black in your, in, you know, your culture where you came from? Hmm. I feel like, yeah, there, there, there have been sometimes, I, I guess, culturally. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Tanzania or well, Tanzania. I'm, I was born in America, but, you know, I, I really love my Tanzanian heritage. And there are times where, you know, I wear something that's from Tanzania and, you know, I, I get weird looks or because, you know, it's, it's not something that you see or it's not something that's, that's American. And, you know, that, I guess, leaves me embarrassed or left me embarrassed, you know, initially when, when I, was, was a bit younger. And for that reason, I, I really never embrace my Tanzanian side. I never embraced my Tanzanian food. Like that, that's an example as well. Like whenever my mom cooked me something from Tanzania and, you know, packed me lunch for, you know, school, I, I would always be afraid to bring it. Um, and this is an experience, this isn't an experience that like me, myself, am, am exclusive to. Like, I know there are a lot of, you know, people from other cultures that have the same, same experience, um, but I never truly realized how much I, I hid my Tanzanian heritage you know, until I um, actually went to Tanzania um, last year. Um, and I, I kind of feel bad for that. I, I feel like I missed out on a lot of uh, opportunities to, you know, share my culture with my closest friends um, solely because I was afraid to do that. That's actually really interesting because that reminds me of a book. Um, it's, a, it's, like, it's like a children's book. It's called, um, or it is a children's book. It's called Some Black Girls Don't Sit Together in the Cafeteria. It's by Dr. Janet Abapoya. And so essentially in that book, it's dealing with, this is so like a little bit off topic, but it's still on the topic. So like it's dealing with this black girl from Africa who came to America just for education purposes. And she is getting bullied for her African roots. You know, her mom made her lunch that she would, she loved to eat and would bring to school, but her, uh, her student, the other students would say like, ew, she's eating doo-doo or ew, she's eating, you know, such and such and such, which is completely annoying and rude and just like, you know, lack of knowledge. It's lack of knowledge. And, you know, we need to be open to these things in order to understand that. We shouldn't necessarily be getting weird looks for the, you know, when you're trying to embrace your culture. I know with me, just like, I've had some trouble when I was younger because of me going to that predominantly white school. I've had hard time really trying to embrace myself as a black person. But once I started going to my new school, which was more diverse, um, I was really able to like slowly grow more into myself. Like a part of that was just kind of like growing up my hair and then like also, you know, realizing how beautiful our melanin skin is, the different shades, the different types, where you're from. I did ancestry.com. I found out I'm actually Nigerian, so that's pretty cool. Um, and so like, you know, a bunch of stuff like that. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, we're really able to work towards embracing yourself just as a black person, but I understand that it is really hard in, in, in this society. No, on, 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 that, on that same note of hair, uh, I never used to have dreads until <laughs> last year. Yeah. I started, I guess that was my change to, you know, starting to embrace my, I guess, blackness. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I completely get it. I completely get it. And so another thing that you're doing to work towards creating that change is um, your debate curriculum. So why don't you tell us about your debate curriculum? Yeah, um, so this was something that I thought of, I, I guess, during the, the end of my, my, my junior year of high school. Um, 
know, it was after a debate tournament, um, I realized that, you know, aside from, I guess, there were, there, there were, there were a few kids from, because the point of the, I guess, when I started the debate program, I started it um, based on off the REACH program, which um, was a four, it was a three-year program um, that helped um, marginalized students gain admission into, you know, elite private schools. Um, and I, I realized, because my, my debate partner at, at that time, um, and, and me, we were both REACH uh, graduates. Um, and we, we both, I guess we both realized that um, aside from us and like a few other kids, there weren't many REACH students who really tried debate at REACH. Um, we didn't know why, um, but my, my in inclination based on my personal experience was that kids were intimidated. I know as a freshman, I was very intimidated of debate at Regis. Um, that was partially because, you know, there were a lot of middle schoolers who did debate um, from other schools who came into Regis. And, you know, that in itself was terrifying because I didn't even know how to speak publicly. Um, so I thought, you know, it, it, it would be worthwhile to, um, you know, actually start a debate curriculum. Um, so I, I spoke to one of my, the, the president of uh, Regis' debate team at that time. Um, I spoke to him and over the spring, we um, drafted a, a debate curriculum uh, to work with over the summer during the REACH uh, summer year. Um, so that was, at first we were only teaching um, fourth years, which are incoming freshmen at, at, at you know, all those private high schools. Um, and it went really, really well. Um, some of the students who did debate um, that summer actually did debate at Regis, and I speak to them all the time. It's amazing to see more Reach faces at, at um, my, my debating. Um, yeah, and, and I guess now, in terms of like how it's going now, um, we're now having a, a spring curriculum and a summer curriculum. Um, so I'm glad to actually see the program expand, uh, the curriculum expand, and I, you know, hope it continues even when I uh, leave. I already have my replacement replacement teacher. Although I'm, I have never, I wasn't only teaching by myself. That was the beauty of the program. Um, I heavily relied on other Regis debaters and speech um, guys to help me. And, you know, that's why I loved it because it really bridged that um, gap between Reach students and Regis kids. That's really cool. So, like, why don't you tell us about some of the students that you worked with? Because, like, I know you got a lot going on with just within just the debate curriculum that I see is now even growing, too. So tell us about some of the students. Are there any, like, very interesting or, like, super memorable times that you've had with them? Yeah, no. Um, even, 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 like, last week, um, I remember one of my, not last week, like, a couple of weeks ago, because, yeah, three weeks ago or, or some sort of that, um, I remember one of my, my, my friends, um, he, he does speech at, at Regis. Uh, I was able to trust him with half of half of the kids or eight kids, or not eight kids, 16 kids. Um, and I was just watching him from, from the window and the way he was speaking with, with all the other kids, it, it wasn't the fact that he was teaching them public speaking. It was just the fact that he was having a good time. You know, it wasn't just a teaching job. Um, he was enjoying himself teaching kids public speaking. Um, and then that, that's what I, I love about uh, teaching others and especially uh, helping teaching others with my friends. Um, a lot of the kids who help me um, really love debate and then they really love speaking. Um, so if you pair that together with uh, an actual teaching curriculum, uh, you get a lot of interest. Um, so 
a lot of times when I um, ask students or younger kids from Regis to help me with the program, there's a lot of interest and, and I, I just love that. Um, and a lot of kids just have fun. They don't even teach. It's not even, a, it's not a chore. It's not something you do just for the sake of volunteering. It's something you do because you love to do it and you have fun doing it. I really like that. Because you're able, I see you're very involved in encouraging others to speak up. So when you're at Princeton, what are you going to study? What's your major? <laughs> uh, currently, I'm, I guess I'm undecided, though. I, I really want to, um, re regardless of what I end up majoring, I really want to also um, major or, or minor in um, African-American studies. I feel like it's important to, you know, really continue learning about race. Um even in uh, college, and I feel like I won't be able to necessarily do, necessarily do that without actively seeking out those classes. Um, I actually really loved my senior year at, at Regis solely because I actually actually had a few courses that you know touched upon race, and that was the first time that really happened. So I'm hoping to continue having courses like that in, in at Princeton. So something with African American studies, and maybe something else. Um, Hopefully, I plan to go to law school, or that's my initial dream. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to you as far as, like, well, you're, as far as, like, you being undecided, but still, you know, dealing with, like, African-American studies, that's kind of me with my minor, only because, like, so my major, I want to do psychology, or at least as of right now, really want to do psychology and get more of a feel for mental health, learn about it. That's been my main thing that I've always like wanted to learn about, or at least especially when I first started race to speak of organization and working with other organizations that deal with people who have their own personal experiences with bullying and mental health or mental illness. So I'm like, I really am more interested in things like that as far as um, psychology. But with my minor, I'm like, I really want to get more, like I want to get more of an education on African-American studies and stuff like that. But I'm also like pre-law. You know, because I, I think I can definitely see myself going to um, law school to become a lawyer. And I also can see myself going to, you know, med school or any other school I need to go to to become um, a poss possibly a psychiatrist. Or I might just go and um, be a psychologist, which is back to mental health. I don't know. It's like a bunch of stuff. So I, no, I, I yeah. honestly, if I were you, I, I would do African studies. I, I feel like there's more value in learning more about you know us and our, our culture and our history than there is in you know taking a pre-law class that you know that you'll learn that stuff in law school anyway um but you know that, that's just me uh but like you have yeah <laughs> no nah, I get what you're saying I get what you're saying because honestly I for a while I've been wanting to really learn more about like besides just trying to educate myself or have my parents educate myself or speaking to other amazing individuals who can even educate me I want to go to school and learn that, you know, whether it's just like one class at least. Like I want to learn about these things. I want to learn about these things that I should have learned about when I was way younger going to school, you know? That's what I, I want to learn about this. I want to I want to get more of a feel for that. And so, but anyways, so <laughs> what made you choose Princeton? Honestly, kind of solely based on, or not solely based on, but like I, I really loved the, uh, African-American curriculum, African-American studies curriculum there. Um, I, my, my, I, I was primarily choosing between Princeton and Columbia and I solely, not solely, but mainly chose Princeton because of their amazing, wonderful African-American studies um, program. Uh, 
also because Eddie Glaude Jr. teaches there, and I can't wait to take a class by him because I have his book. So, but yeah, um, not mainly because of that, but a lot of my reasoning of choosing Princeton was because they had a wonderful African-American studies program. That's cool. And so let's kind of talk about the Princeton Prize and Race Relations, because that was a great night. You being the winner, uh, me and the other um, amazing honorees being the recipients of the Certificate of Accomplishment. Um, so what is what was that experience like for you? Honestly, it was, it was surreal. Um, not only because I, I didn't, like, the more I heard from you know, other students, especially students like you, the more surprised that I you know, even want. Um, you know, I, everyone who did work there was was doing amazing things, and I was extremely humbled to you know be in front of you know such accomplished uh, students like like you and and like you know the other winners that we we saw at that night. Um, so I, honestly, I, I can't say anything but but good things about that night. Um, it was it was amazing just to be there. Oh my gosh, I really can't agree with you more. Just like because I'm also here like. I was really way excited to like hear from you as the winner because I'm like, what's he doing? You know, I really, I was like, let me see what's Brian doing? Because I'm like, this is so cool. You know, and he won. So let me hear what he's doing and let me get a feel for what he's doing. Because I know I can always learn from someone else who's also, and then just the fact that you're in, like in my, you know, immediate community, like we can meet each other and like do things together, you know, stuff like that, as far as like working towards creating a positive change. So I'm like, I really would love to hear from you. And then when I heard you speaking about the debate curriculum and after you were thinking a lot of people, which is kind of funny and really good. I'm so glad that you highlighted everyone that's been a part of your journey. And so like just hearing you speak about the debate curriculum, the Black Student Union, all the things that you've been doing in order to teach others and educate others. And then also hearing from the other amazing honorees who, like they're creating, whether it be protests, whether it be, um, you know, education dealing with, um, you know, race as far as like, you know, being black or being Asian and all these different things. It was really cool to hear about it and like think to, and it makes me think to myself, wow, there are other, well, I already knew this, that there's other people who are, you know, working towards creating that change, but I always want to meet them in real life. A lot of the people that I work with are kind of like, I met them but they all like are in other states. So I'm pro I'm very much happy, truly happy to have this opportunity to be working with them. But I want to meet up with someone, you know? Yeah. I want to like be in that um, space with like feeling our youth empowerment, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally get what you mean. Um, actually, I was, I was just wondering, uh, not off topic, but uh, can I speak a little bit about what I did with, with BSU specifically? Because I, I feel like that was also a, a big reason why I, why I won the award. I, I don't know if I would be able to go do ahead. it just the debate curriculum. Go ahead, go ahead, talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, this interview project that I, I guess vaguely mentioned, I should have gotten more in depth with it in, in my speech the other day, but I didn't. Anyway, um, so an, another thing that I guess I, I felt like was a huge issue at, at Regis was the fact that there wasn't any you know intergenerational dialogue. Um, a lot of teachers and students never really spoke about race, whether that was in the classroom or in an, a group setting. You know, there, there were always like, like for example, in our assemblies about race, um, after those assemblies, teachers were just given a card with questions and then they asked the questions 
and then students would either not say a word and you know teacher would not say a word and it's just awkward silence or you know one person would say something and then a teacher would move on to the next question um i felt like there wasn't enough meaningful dialogue about race at, at regis and i felt like that was something that needed to change um so in like november junior year um i created a propo proposal to you know interview teachers in my school about race at, at regis and um i gathered i feel i feel like eight eight students initially you know to be my interviewers um and we started interviewing teachers i think around february um I only expected to interview like two or three teachers, but then a lot of teachers started to, you know, or became interested in, in being interviewed. Um, so we ended up interviewing like around half of the faculty members in my school. Um, so not not only teachers, so faculty and staff members, which was really, really amazing. I, I didn't, first off, I didn't expect teachers to respond to their emails about, you know, an interview about racism <laughs> and race. Um, but secondly, I wasn't expecting a lot of teachers to be that interested. Um, not only teachers, but students were interested too. Um, so there was finally an environment where teachers and students were talking about race and it was, uh, there were meaningful conversations too. Um, I know there were a few conversations where teachers actually, actually cried. And I know there were a few conversations where students actually cried. Um, so it was, it was great to actually have um, a place where students and teachers were able to be vulnerable with each other and actually learn and gain something out of it um, rather than just, you know, an assembly with like the entire school, you know, just having a simple presentation about race and racism. Um, so I feel like that was the first time I, I really was able to get in touch with my teachers and, and, and faculty members and actually learn from them as, as well as learn as them learning from me. Um, and I feel like that was really meaningful. Um, I guess next steps in terms of that project was reaching out to schools. Um, so I was able to reach out to like schools in the New York area, schools in LA, schools in um, Arizona, just to start, uh, so they could start, you know, having conversations within their school about race, because um, I, I felt like the the way we did it was really effective for Regis, and I, I just wanted to make sure other schools were aware that there was a way to actually have meaningful conversations about, with about race um, without it, you know, becoming very awkward or without students just sitting there in silence. Um, and I, I know for a fact that a lot of my teachers in my school were were, were touched by this. Um, solely because they were they told me that they were touched by this um so yeah that was i guess a brief explanation of, of that project now i'm so glad that you shared that because it's just like it's it's really honestly like very cool to me that you were able especially me being a podcaster but the fact that you were even able to open up that space in a variety of different areas of like you know this world just to have um people be vulnerable within each other and have more empathy, like, you know, sympathy, compassion, like all these different things were in the air when that happened. And I really, I truly appreciate that because this is a very important topic that needs to, when we talk about it, we need to have the correct information. So for you to give that correct information and open up that space is so like important, it's so vital in a lot of our schools that may not be getting enough um, information about racism or about these different topics that you were able to really explain. And so what's been the most rewarding part of your journey? Honestly, just connecting with people, um, whether that's teachers or you know younger students. Um, I just love that I was able to 
I guess, close a divide that was, you know, once there. Um, and, and now, like, I, I'm able to, you know, have these meaningful conversations, not only with my teachers and, and younger students, but, like, with a random person, because I'm more, I guess I'm, I'm more trained to do that, and I'm, I'm more prepared to have, you know, vulnerable and, and, and meaningful conversations, but I'm, and, and, and I'm also able to, you know, tap in from past experiences to, you know, see how to properly handle a situation. Um, so I guess a preparedness I have now um, to actually have a conversation about race and, you know, be just the connections that I was able to make with teachers and, you know, younger students. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, how it impacts other people as well. So. Thank you for sharing that. And so what's something that you would like to leave with our viewers? What's one piece of advice that you'd like to leave with our viewers? Yeah, um, honestly, just start simple. Um, the best piece of advice, you don't have to do anything grand. Uh, you know, if, if you wanna start, you know, taking action within your community or, you know, doing something, you know, big, uh, just start simple. Um, I could personally say with my um, interview project, um, I only started by wanting to talk to one teacher and that one teacher turned into 40. Um, so if you wanna do something big, just start simple, start small, and you know you could take it from there. Um, and also don't be afraid because um, you will hear no a lot of times or you will hear some criticism or you might you know think you might not have time to, to do something, but if you really care about something, you will have time and you will push past any no's or, or any hate or anything you get. Um, so just be resilient, be persistent, and you know, start simple and start small. That's, that's, some, the best advice that's some really good advice. Thank you for sharing that. And so my last question for you is how can people find you? So why don't you tell us your social media? And um, I know people can also find you at Princeton when, when your summer, I mean, uh, when the school year starts up, but um, tell us how people can find you on social media. Yeah, um, my Instagram at is Brian Mondo. Just find my name. Uh, I, I don't know if you're able to. Yeah, you'll, you'll probably find a way to edit that in. But Brian Mondo. Um, and you can also reach me out to me on, on Gmail, although I'll probably respond quicker on um, Instagram. My Instagram is also Brian Mondo at gmail.com. So. And just like Devin said, you guys will see me at Princeton. All right. Awesome. Well, Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us today. And thank you to everyone who's listening. I hope to see you guys at future Race to Speak Up podcast. If you have any questions about the Race to Speak Up podcast, feel free to contact me at race to speak up at gmail.com or on my social media at race to speak up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to head over to my website, www.racetospeakup.com. Also, join the Humanity Rising Movement. We offer scholarships for students making a positive difference in the world through service. So head over to www.humanityrising.org for more information. And remember to ask yourself this one question. How do you race to speak up?